Can you imagine Christmas without Christ? As God's children, we must realize that without Jesus, there's no redemption, no salvation, no hope for eternal life in the Father's presence, and no Christmas. Join us today as Pastor Rander teaches how God, in His wisdom, sent Jesus to dwell among us and save us in this message, Emmanuel. He'll be teaching from a number of scriptures, so get pen and paper ready as we begin. That's just a beautiful song. Just a beautiful song. And we're going to be preaching a three-part message. I'm pregnant with the Word of God and ready for it to deliver. You turn with me uh, to the book of Matthew. It's a Christmas series. Book of Matthew, chapter 1, verses 21 through 23. Matthew, chapter 1, verses 21 through 23. You have your Bibles? There are these words. And she will bring forth a son, and you will call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophets, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. This, beloved, is the word of the living God. And from that passage of scripture, I'm going to be preaching for the next three Sundays, Lord willing, Emmanuel. Say it with me, Emmanuel. Jesus is called Emmanuel, which is interpreted God with us. God previously spoke through clouds, thunder. He has spoken through lightning and earthquakes and smoke and even creation. The psalmist says in Psalms 19.1, the heavens declares the glory of God and the firmament shows his handiwork. Not only has God spoken through his vast creation, he has also spoken through his prophets who were his representatives on earth. However, the greatest uh, manifestation of God's presence is not through lightning, not through earthquakes, and not even through prophets, and yet they were greatly used of God. The greatest manifestation of the presence of God on earth was through his beloved son, the Lord Jesus Christ. For the scripture says in this verse, verse 23 of Matthew 1, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is interpreted God with us. Now, every one of us ought to be filled with gratitude and thanksgiving for the incredible, indescribable gift from Almighty God. And as we look around us today, we see the ravages and ruins and devastation and destruction caused by sin, Satan, and rebellion. We live in an immoral uh, immoral and idolatrous world that's literally filled with hurt. This world is filled with heartache. So many are in pain. And even in the congregation today by radio and television, 
somebody is in pain. I'm not just talking about physical pain. I'm talking about being wounded even emotionally. Some are suffering. Even America has become so 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 sinful as a nation, so laden with sin and iniquity. And decisions are being made by the authorities that be that are taking this nation farther from God, which will result in imminent judgment from Almighty God. If there's ever a time we needed Emmanuel, it's right now. God with us. Who is Emmanuel? Well, Emmanuel is God. He's God. God with us. Emmanuel is God. Matthew 1.23, look at the text. says, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name, what? Emmanuel, which is translated, God with us. Emmanuel is God. The name Jesus, say Jesus. Say it again. Say it a little bit louder. The name Jesus means Savior and comes from the Hebrew name Joshua, which means Jehovah is salvation. Jesus means Savior. And the Hebrew name for Jesus is Joshua, Joshua, and Joshua means Jehovah is salvation. The Messiah prophesied in the Old Testament is the Christ in the New Testament. The Messiah in the Old Testament is the Christ of the New Testament. The the word Messiah is the Hebrew word and Christ is the Greek word. Messiah is the what? Hebrew word and Christ is the what? Greek. Both refer to the same person. Okay, I'm going to be teaching you theologically, so I want you to hang on in here now. Hang in with me. Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is his human name. Jesus is his human name. Christ, the word Christ, his name Christ, is his official title. Christ. Jesus is his what? Human name. Christ is his what? Official title. And Emmanuel describes who he is. God with us. Emmanuel describes who he is. God with us. Jesus Christ is God. John 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. And I love what it says in John, the gospel of John chapter 1, verse 14. And the word became flesh (laughs) and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. The word became flesh, God, Emmanuel. Why? Did God send Emmanuel? Why did God send Emmanuel? Number one, God sent Emmanuel to fulfill prophecy. The birth of Jesus fulfilled prophecies that spoke of his coming. God keeps his word. So God sent Emmanuel. One of the reasons is to fulfill prophecy. And you'll see that in the text. Look at Matthew 1, 21 and 22. And she will bring forth a son and you will call his name Jesus, for he will save 
his people from their sins. So all this was, look, now look at verse 22. Here it is. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophets. The prophets prophesied centuries before the coming of Jesus Christ that there is coming one who would be Emmanuel, who would be Jesus, and of his kingdom there would be no end. And and the prophets prophesied years before about the coming of Jesus who came in the fullness of time. You see, the fulfillment of prophecy proves that the Bible is reliable, trustworthy, and divine in origin. That, 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 that lets me know that the Bible is true. It lets me know that the Bible has credibility. It lets me know that the Bible is divine in origin because what was prophesied in the Old Testament came to pass in the New Testament with 100% accuracy. And nobody else can forecast. The weatherman can, can forecast and, and you wonder what happened. But, but when God forecasts the future through those prophets, it came to pass. Prophecies, to fulfill prophecies. Prophecies about what? What did the prophets of old prophesy about? They prophesied about his birth. His birth. Isaiah chapter 8, verses 8 and 10. His birth. Isaiah 8, 8 and 10. It says, he will pass through Judah. He will overflow and pass over. He will reach up to the neck. And the stretching out of his wings will fill the breath of your land, O Emmanuel. Uh, verse 10, his birth continues with the same line. Take counsel together, but it will come to nothing. You know, some folk be plotting and strategizing. And when God, when all is said and done, God foils it and it comes to nothing. Speak the word, but it will not stand. For God is with us. You know, your enemies can plot against you. They can come against you and they can try to harm or hurt you with strategies. But the scripture says, but it will not stand for God is with us. Isaiah 9, 6 prophesies about the birth of Jesus. Isaiah really spoke of his coming. Isaiah 9, 6 says, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder and his name will be called what? Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Isaiah prophesied about his birth. Jesus came to fulfill prophecy. Uh, uh, you see, the coming newborn king is sufficient to meet all our needs. He says he's a counselor. How many of y'all need some counsel? How many of y'all need insight from God? How many of you got decisions you got to make? He's a counselor. He's a counselor. He's an everlasting father. You don't have to worry about God dying. That's right. You don't have to worry about God not being. He, he was, is, and will always be. He says he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Uh, 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 sufficient to meet all our needs means he's the prince of peace. He brings peace like no one else can. Let's look at another prophecy of his coming. In the book of Micah, chapter 5, verse 2, we see a prophecy about the coming, spoken through the coming of our Lord, spoken through the prophet Micah. It says, but you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are little um, among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, 
whose goings forth are from of old, from everlasting. This little significant village town produced one who is great and mighty, whose name is the Messiah. Out of Bethlehem, you know what Bethlehem means? Bethlehem means house of bread. Out of Bethlehem, which means house of bread, would come the bread of life, the Lord Jesus Christ. Bethlehem, house of bread. Jesus come in a stable, the bread of life. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. How do you, you don't get filled spiritually with, with hoghead cheese and ham hocks and pig feet. You get, no, no, not, not spiritually. You can get filled physically. I'm not trying to make y'all hungry. You, that's not, you can get sp- physically full. But, but, but the way you get spiritual, spiritually full is through the Lord Jesus Christ, the bread of life. Isaiah prophesied about his birth also in Isaiah 7.14. Isaiah 7.14. You ought to be jotting these scriptures down because you ought to know what the Christmas account is all about. The Christmas account is not about Santa. It's not about Rudolph. It's not about reindeer. It's about Jesus. And Santa is spoken more of than Jesus. But, but, but in his day, Isaiah looked beyond in the future. According to Isaiah 714 says, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. You know, it's good to read your signs. You know, if you don't, if you ignore those road signs, what's going to happen? You're going to kill yourself. If it says a sharp turn or this or that, if it says stop, you stop, you know, stop sign. If you say, I'm not going to stop, I'm going to keep on going. You kill yourself. Somebody else in the process. Signs are valuable. And oh, how, oh God, how much better off we would be if we just learned to read our signs. Let me tell you something. God, God, God didn't stop showing signs just to Isaiah. If you walk in the spirit, he'll show you some signs. That's right. I believe in confirming signs. I'm thinking about somebody, God, I sent somebody in my path, would say just what I was thinking, and that was my sign. I was talking about God will send me a sign through a radio message or uh, I can be, a, a sign can come through a child. If you listen in the spirit of God and if you get out of this worldly system and you start thinking on a higher dimension, a higher plane, God will begin to show you signs and wonders and, and, and you'll be able to sense in the spirit the move of God, what you'll say, what you should say, what you should not say, what you should do. God will give you signs about your medical health or, or surgeries or this or that. And he, and he, signs can come in such strange ways. How many of you had a sign from God about something and you know God was making you know that that's what you needed to do or need not to do? I mean, I believe in signs. Uh, God told Isaiah, uh, God spoke through Isaiah saying, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Emmanuel, all through these verses. Why did Jesus come? A prophecy, fulfill prophecy. What's another prophecy? Uh, Jesus fulfilled, pro- what's another prophecy about Jesus? Jesus fulfilled prophecy that spoke of his sufferings. He fulfilled prophecies 
that spoke of his sufferings. Uh, look, at, look with me. If you can turn to your Bible, if you have one, if someone knew you don't have it, share your Bibles. Because I don't want you to just be screen dependent. I want you to use the book too, right? Uh, look, turn to Psalms 22, 14 through 19. There are prophecies about, we're dealing with the prophecies spoken early, way past, but came to pass years, centuries later with, with, with 100% accuracy. Psalms 22, 14 through 19. Look what it says about the sufferings of Christ. I am poured out like water and all my bones are out of joint. You ever had joint pains? Anybody had, let me see your hands if you had joint pain. Your joints just started aching and pain, just one. But listen, look at this. Man, so, so God knows, talk to Jesus about it because he knows what joint pains feel like. He says, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It has melted within me. My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue clings to my jaws. The, look at the, heinous, the heinousness of the crucifixion. You have brought me to the dust of death, for dogs have surrounded me. The congregation of the wicked has enclosed me. They pierce my hands and my feet. I can count all my bones. They look and stare at me. They divided my garments among them. And for my clothing, they cast lots. But you, O Lord, do not be far from me. Isn't that a beautiful passage? And then when you look at the gospel accounts in Matthew and, and we look at John and those gospels, you see the accounts uh, of the crucifixion of the crucifixion fulfilling this prophecy way back that the psalmist prophesied in Psalms 22. I love that last, the last few words of verse 19. But you, O Lord, do not be far from me. When the last time you prayed a prayer like that? Lord, keep close to me. This is, this is a messianic prophecy of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. Another messianic prophecy is also found about his sufferings. Is found in Isaiah 53, verses 4 and 5. Uh, Isaiah 53, 4 and 5. This is a message you got to think through. You got to hang with me and you got to get into it. You know, the, the scriptures is exciting and it's explosive. And God wants to teach you something if you don't close your spirit to what God wants you to know. Here, here's another passage on the sufferings of Christ. Isaiah 53, 4 and 5. When you find it, say amen. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteem him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are what? Healed. By his stripes we are what? Now you a lot of folk quote that when they want a, 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 a physical healing. Let me just give you a doctor. You hear people saying it. Don't try to correct everybody when you hear things that are not right. Give them room to grow. Okay? Once you learn better. That was a time I didn't know better. That was a time you didn't know better. And when you hear people saying something, they mean well, but they just get a little theologically mixed up. But bear with them because love is patient. Amen? We all, we all time hear people say, 
or when somebody gets sick, they're praying over, well, by his stripes, we are healed. You know, you hear them say, by his stripes, we are healed. And try to associate that healing with his stripes. But that's really out of context. You know, because it was, it, it was, it was by the stripes. You know how they rivet the, the, the stripes, striking him. Y'all seen the passion of Christ, how ripping out his flesh. The stripes that was afflicted upon our Lord brought about a spiritual healing. A spiritual healing that we would be healed spiritually, saved spiritually, redeemed spiritually. Those stripes have redemptive implications. You understand what I'm saying? I'm trying to teach you something. It has redemptive implications. Now, when you get healed spiritually, some physical things will get cleaned up. Huh? <laughs> some folk, some folk are sick because physically. Because they are spiritually sick. And spiritual sickness can bring about physical illness. You understand what I'm saying? Are are y'all hanging with me? And so we said by his stripes we are healed. It's talking about Jesus' lacerations that that occurred to him. That was put upon him when they were beating him. They beat Jesus down. The savior of the world. The king of the universe. They beat him down. Down. A travesty of injustice. But because he was struck, we who trust Jesus Christ alone would be healed of our spiritual uh, sins and spiritual diseases and, 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 and redeemed by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's dealing with redemptive stripes for a spiritual healing a God bringing man back to himself. Uh, uh, this, this, this is very important. This prophecy emphasizes also, listen at this closely now. This prophecy emphasizes the substitutionary death of Christ. Say substitution. This prophecy emphasizes the one I just read, uh, Isaiah 53, 4 through 5, the substitutionary death of Christ. He suffered to procure, which means to obtain our peace with God. Now you say, why is this? A, why do you call this the substitutionary passage here? Uh, it, you know, when you say substitutionary death of Christ, you know, it, it, it means that Jesus died in our place. You know, that was a time you know, before I started teaching in a permanent teaching role. I was a substitute teacher. And a substitute teacher took, takes the place of the teacher and functions in that teacher's teacher's role. I was in that, but now that wasn't my place. I had to give that up because I was only there, you know, to, to what? Substitute, right? Well, Jesus is our divine substitute and he did what no man else could do. No no other man could do. He died in our place. And you know what this is called to me, the substitutionary passage. I love it because five times in verses four and five of Isaiah 53, you, you see the word our. Now, if you got your Bibles, why don't you underline it? Underline it. Let's go back and look at it again. Y'all hanging with me? Come on, y'all hanging with me? This is Maranatha Bible Church. Now, look. Surely he has borne our, that's one, what, griefs? Not his griefs, our, and carry what? Our sorrows. Yet we esteem him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted, but he was wounded for what? Our transgressions. He was bruised for what? Not his sins. He had no sins. 
our, in our place, the chastisement for who? Whose our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we were healed. Our, 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 our. Our, that's, that's exciting. That Jesus did it for you. He did it for me. He did it for your child. He did it for the worst of sinners. The worst of sinners. If ever, we ought to be a glad people. Getting a new car not make us glad. You know, I mean, I mean, uh, that, that's not the ultimate gladness. What are, you ought to get glad before you get a car. You ought to be glad before you can buy something new. You ought, if you don't get a gift, you ought to still be glad because you got Jesus. And when you got Jesus, he's enough. How many of y'all know he's enough? He's enough. He's enough. He's enough. Matter of fact, I'm going to say something big here. I really believe we would enjoy Christmas more if we just got satisfied with what God has given us and not be ripping and running, trying to get this and that to please folk that don't like us anyhow or going to forget about what we did the next day. I bet we have a nice Christmas if we can just go somewhere in the woods and get in a log cabin, just us and our families, and have our own little food, our own little cabin, our own little time. And all during the Christmas season, it's going to be the word us, and we're just going to join. We're not going to get, we're not worried about the trees. We're not worried about lights. We're not worried about Santa. We're not worried about Macy's. We're not worried about Dillis. We're just going to get somewhere, enjoy Jesus, enjoy the essence of our family. And stop killing ourselves for a sale. Black Friday. Now they got a Monday. What's that Monday called? They created all these days. Y'all run. Oh, Cyber Monday. That was time you know what a Cyber Monday was. And you get all hyped up. Now you wait. You go from Black Friday to Cyber Monday. Next year it's going to be what? Who knows? Whatever it is, you're going to be in on it. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683.